Welcome to the Wild and Free podcast, episode 36. I'm Ainsley Arment, and this week, we're going to hear an inspiring conversation with first-year homeschooler Rachel Alsbury, all about interest-led learning, STEM projects, and making learning natural. So grab a cup of coffee and join us on the front porch. Let's get started. Galileo, Isaac Newton, and Albert Einstein, I am in awe at how they looked beyond what the physical eye could see and saw things no one else could yet comprehend. They imagined undiscovered universes, invisible forces at work, and patterns of the planets. And guess what? They were right. They unlocked mysteries and changed the way people thought and lived, not only with their scientific minds, but with their creativity. It's funny how we often think of creative types as being artsy. When we think of creativity, we usually think of the painters, designers, writers, and photographers. But what about the mathematicians, scientists, mechanics, and astronomers? Creative minds come in all shapes and sizes, as do mothers. And depending on our giftedness, personality, and intricate design, creativity looks different in each of us. There are homemakers and business makers, book lovers and adventure takers, bread bakers and jewelry makers, curriculum creators and STEM researchers, fun makers and road trippers. We don't have to have every skill to be homeschoolers. As mothers, we only have to be willing to bring our gifts to the table and use them to create a unique experience for our children. Nearly 200 years ago, child educator Charlotte Mason wrote, Education is an atmosphere, a discipline, a life. Last month, when we gathered in Portland for the Wild and Free Conference, Elsie Uticello reminded us mamas that we are the atmosphere. So whether you're an organized mama, a fun mama, or an artsy mama, you can create an atmosphere that delights her children and invites them to live and learn alongside her. Mamas are makers, born to be creative. With a little imagination and intention, we can change the atmosphere of our homes. We can change the way our children think about school and create lifelong learners. We can make something beautiful of this time with our children. I want to encourage you to get creative and build the kind of family culture you want to create in your home. After all, this is the foundation of a living, breathing education. Jennifer Pepito recently sat down with Rachel Alsbury to talk about her first year of homeschooling, and she shared some wonderful insights that I think you'll enjoy. Let's listen in. Um, so I wanted to talk about 
all your amazing crafts. I'm looking right now at the springtime sun catchers and that just totally caught my eye in the bundle that came out in March, the collect bundle. So I love how you pull together something so simple. Like sometimes I get tired of bringing home all the nature stuff. Honestly, if I'm going to be truthful here, my last house, I had a schoolroom, and then we had this little back porch that we turned into a nature museum off and on. But right now we have a small house and it's already a fixer upper. So I already feel like it's such a mess. So I am not actually as into bringing home the nature stuff. But I loved this idea because you brought home all these pretty little things and made it into this beautiful, simple, small ornament. I have that challenge too, where my kids, you know, we're learning about how to look at things and and treasure nature and observe and pick things up. And so they're six, five, and two. So they pick up like everything, you know, and then when I get home, it's like my stroller basket's full of just rocks and pine cones and whatever, but they are really sensitive to me get r- getting rid of it. So I'm like, okay, how can I find a happy medium here? We can make something cool out of our treasures and have it on display without it like being in a big pile in the middle of the table. So yeah, we did the sun catchers and that was really fun. They're actually still up and the, the leaves and stuff have kind of dried out and they've changed color a little bit. And so it's re- it was really fun. So how- How do you make time for, I mean, for one thing, how do you come up with ideas? But then also, how do you make time for hands-on projects? Because when I was first homeschooling, we listened to Jay Weil of Apologia Science, and he talked about how in the elementary years, you really don't need to do formal science as long as you're doing lots of hands-on learning, you know, going out in nature and doing projects in nature. And I feel like the projects are this really intense form of STEM learning in themselves because you're having to follow directions, you're having to sort of engineer the outcome come you want. But sometimes I think for people making time for the projects is the bigger issue. Yeah. And actually, that's one of the things that really overwhelmed me when I looked into homeschool. It was like, how do all these people do all these projects with their little kids? And like, where do they get all the stuff to do it? But I think, well, we use a charter school right now. And so we kind of have to adhere to their standards as far as like science and stuff, just check off the boxes. I have a really awesome teacher and he kind of helps me like marry my version of homeschool with what the charter school needs. And so recently I just told him like, I just feel like I'm really failing in the area of science and I don't, I don't know what to do. And I don't, I don't know how to approach this. And he was like, he really freed me up to be really interest led with my kids. And he was like, just do a project like every other week or so. And we'll count that, you know? And I was like, okay, I can do that. If science is letting my kids be interested and checking out the books they love. And then every other week, just doing something, some kind of project, and it doesn't have to be all related. And it can just be a little something for them that just took a huge burden off my shoulders. So I guess I we could say we're kind of unschooling when it comes to science. So yeah, every other week, like in the afternoon, and it's not always pretty. Sometimes everything's just a big mess. And we just do the project. Because <laughs> we need to, you know, we need to meet that goal for our charter school. So that's really helped me stay accountable. But yeah, we'll just usually I'll have to go out and gather some materials because I'm not the biggest pre planner. And then I get a lot of ideas off of good old Pinterest. I mean, there are so many cool blogs out there with parents that have way more creative ideas than I do. <laughs> and so we'll borrow it and kind of like tweak it and make it our own. It's an amazing time to homeschool really, because you could do it for such a low cost just with the absolute plethora of information that's on Pinterest, for instance, or on the internet. Oh, yeah. And I I think my favorite, so my daughter loves, she's my STEM kid. I mean, she loves the idea of mechanics and technology and all that. I do not gravitate towards that. So having her 
asking me, you know, mommy, I want to make a machine that works will kind of spur me to do that research. But naturally, I love the nature crafts. I love it because you can do a hands-on science project, but you don't really have to go out and purchase materials. I mean, you can do that really spur of the moment, you know, like the other day we did um, the little bird feeders where you dip the pine cones and peanut butter and bird seed and we had everything. So I was like, this is our project for the week. Let's do it. So yeah, that's why I think nature projects are probably my favorite. And they're so inexpensive, really, when you think about what you already have on hand. I know over the years, we've bought a few kits like kiwi crates, tinker crates. Those are kind of helpful for projects or science projects. And then I remember my son for a long time wanted to build a trebuchet, some kind of a medieval weapon of mm. some sort. So we we uh, just bought a kit, you know, and that was, I mean, I am not super craftsy with woodworking and things like that. So sometimes a kit is just a really easy way to get started. Yeah, actually, we just signed up for a Kiwi Crate subscription, like through our charter school, actually, we were able to get that through them. And so we got a little three month subscription. And it was so nice because it came all in the little box with all the tools and all the materials and she you know did most of it herself she made a little like mechanical claw and I was like oh this is amazing I love it so yeah easy stuff like that and I think also sometimes we underestimate how much science happens when we're cooking together oh yeah for sure you know going liquid to solid or when you make something it doesn't turn out there's so much that you can talk about there oh yeah we we did ice cream the other day that was one of our projects we did uh that well I think you guys might have done something similar too um where you make the ice cream in the baggie and you put the milk and cream and sugar in there and you put the you do the other bag with you know, and then you shake it all up and it makes ice cream. So we learned about, we checked off one of our standards for the charter school was like, Hey, here's changing matter, liquid and solid. And it was really fun. So yeah, <laughs> I love how cooking we actually the day that we did the ice cream experiment, I had run, I'd forgotten to buy Ziploc bags, I'm trying to avoid them. And I I'd had avoided them really well. And mm-hmm. then I didn't have the ice cream salt. So I I used a larger Tupperware and a smaller mason jar and put the ice and just some table salt in the Tupperware or whatever container I had and stuck the mason jar in there and it worked. It was so exciting. And I think letting me letting go of perfectionism and just like doing with what I have in the moment it doesn't matter to my kids. To them, it's still memorable. And it's still this really cool project. And so being able to just like kind of wing it and, you know, that's still science. And I think that's something I'm learning in this process is tweaking variables and trying something new and it not having to be perfect, but you tried it. That's that, you know, kind of the essence of science. Yes. And I love how notebooks can play a role here. Because I think that, you know, if you think about the scientific method, really, all it is, is making up a hypothesis, doing an experiment and recording what you found out. And so, you know, if you involve a notebook, then you actually, if you're, if you're doing a charter score, you actually have to turn something in, you have that to take a picture of and scan or whatever, but it's just a really sweet record for our kids. Okay. This is the process of what we did. And I've been finding some really neat examples of notebook just on Pinterest, looking up, you know, Waldorf main lesson books and what a beautiful display that can be so that you don't actually have to keep all these projects around forever. Oh, what a great idea. I Yeah, you know what? We kind of started doing a little bit of notebooking uh, at the beginning of the year, and it was a bit much for us. So I was like, you know what? We'll put that away and do it next year. But I didn't know, I hadn't put together um, doing science projects and notebooking. That's a great idea. Right. And even just a simple, like we were reading about Alexander Graham Bell, and I have no idea. I mean, I think there are actually some cute little experiments you could do with telephones and sound, but I, I wasn't 
in a time frame where I could do that. So we just found a line drawing of that first telephone and drew that and wrote a short narration. So I'm loving how we can incorporate, you know, incorporate science really into other subjects and incorporate other subjects into science. Oh, yeah, I am all about that, that integration of the subjects, which it's it happens easier than you think. And I love that because it just it does simplify it. And I think that's something I've learned about homeschool this year. See, it's my it's my first real, you know, year really going full on. And so I think I've learned, wow, this is actually so much simpler than I was making it in my mind. And I don't have to have it all separated out like lots of things are happening all together in the mind. And it's a little bit more of a natural process than I imagined it being. Yeah, isn't that sweet? And I love, I think even for moms, keeping a notebook of sorts where we kind of record some of the things we've learned because we are always, you know, trying to plan and make sure we get all these boxes crossed off. But how much learning is happening through like my kids were playing with Playmobiles this morning and I really hated to break it up because they've been having a hard time settling down to play lately. It's like they've been bored more than more than normal or asking to look at a screen more than normal. And so I didn't want to stop them to do school, especially when you think about, you know, the the whole play that they'd set up, there'd been a lot of engineering to set up their pens or the little world they created, the little forest they created with the Playmobiles. And then on top of that, they were making up a story. And I think that for us as moms, if we just are aware and start journaling down the things that our kids are doing, we'll see how much learning is happening. Oh, that is so good. Actually, that just inspires me to go get a notebook and start doing that because I, I think of little things throughout the day. Like today we had a whole conversation in the car about um, my daughter asked me, mommy, where do neighborhoods come from? <laughs> she has so many of those questions and I'm like, well, okay, let's talk about that. And so it was like a 20 minute conversation in the car about where neighborhoods come from. And I'm like, this is learning. I need to document this. I love that idea. Right. Especially, you know, because I think that one of the big things that we as homeschool moms so often deal with is this fear of not doing enough. But if we really took stock of all that we are doing, I think that we'd realize that, hey, we are getting a lot done here. Yes. Yeah. Just by virtue of the fact that they're with us all day and can ask us all those questions and we can answer them because we're right there. I think, yeah, there's a lot happening. We'll rejoin this conversation in just a minute, but I wanted to remind you that our new content bundle, Make, is now available. It's packed full of podcasts, tutorials, handcraft projects, articles, stories, and resources that will help you create the kind of family culture that produces passionate, lifelong learners. If you subscribe to the bundles this week, you'll not only receive the new Make Bundle, but also last month's bundle, Grow, and all of the audio and video from our recent Portland conference. Plus, a welcome kit in the mail with a print magazine and wild and free decal. To become a subscriber or get a free sample bundle, go to bewildandfree.org slash bundles. Now back to Rachel and Jen. So we only have a few minutes left, but I wanted to ask you, how do you store and corral all the mess? Like in our last house, we had a schoolroom, but now I just have a school closet. And so I'm trying to make sure I still have science materials available for my kids, but I don't necessarily have room for the microscope out and the rock collection out and all the the nature stuff that we did in the last house. And even just the supplies to make stuff like you had contact paper. I don't have contact paper. Okay. Contact paper, to be fair, I did have to run to Walmart and buy that. Um, That was one of those things where we were out grocery shopping and I was like, 
add contact paper to the list. I am just, I'm a minimalist person. And so I am constantly going through my stuff. And if it's not something we've used like recently or like a staple thing that I think we'll use, I'll either like pack it away in the garage or, you know, move it on, move it out. And then we have like this big corner shelving system in our living room. There was just like this blank corner and there wasn't anything there. So we just took these cheap like bracket system from Home Depot and put shelves on it. And I've got all my books on there. And then I've just got a bunch of baskets and boxes. And I'll just, I don't over organize anymore. I used to try to be super organized. And I'm like, no, this is this like thing. It goes in this basket. So I've got like two bulging baskets full of like glue and clay and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, every so often I just take stock and go through it. And I just try to keep it as simple as I can. Yeah, that's really smart. And and I think, you know, last night I was organizing actually one of our little school cupboards and almost mourning a little bit the fact that I don't have that many more years anyhow to keep beeswax clay around. Like my kids are just outgrowing the desire to play with that or or even crayons. I mean, the, my kids are outgrowing that and this, these years go by so fast. So definitely don't want to waste them spending all our time organizing this the art supplies instead of just getting them out and doing the stuff with our kids. And that is one thing I love too about what I'm learning about Waldorf education is just the emphasis on the parent or teacher doing the stuff with the child instead of just always saying, here, you go do this project. Instead, we say, hey, let's do this project. Oh, yeah. I think it's far more memorable for them that way. And I know it is for my kids. But yeah, and I think the other thing for me is not being afraid to leave it out on display or like out where people can see it. I think before I would think like, oh, hide this kid stuff away. And now it's like, no, this is our home. Like, children live here, they learn here. And so there's a tray of markers and, and pencils out on the table all the time. And, and there's Lego creations on the table. And that's, that's great, because it's a real representation of how we live. Oh, I really love that. And I love especially just the idea of modeling to the world that children are welcome here. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Rachel. You're welcome. Thanks so much, Rachel. And hey, if you want to be able to make STEM projects at home, you can download Rachel's guide in this month's Make Bundle. You can get that and so much more at bewildandfree.org slash bundles. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but join us again next week for the Wild and Free podcast. <laughs>